to Aligned Mama Podcast. We're your hosts, Samantha Kapsick and Nikki Trout. And we're partnering up because we know motherhood is hard. Like really, really hard. (laughs) Really hard. (laughs) Get ready to equip yourself with practical tips and strategies to tackle daily trials, along with insights from expert guest speakers and relatable stories from other moms just like you. Join us weekly for advice, inspiring stories, and a supportive community of moms navigating the joys and challenges of motherhood together. Welcome back, mamas. Thanks again for joining us. Today, we have a fun topic to share with you. Our topic today is called The Mind Shift Perspective on Motherhood. Yeah, we get it, how hard it truly is to be a mom. You're bombarded with things daily, things that you know that are coming down the pipe, and things that just come at you. The day-to-day, the monotony of it all is tiring. It's hard. It's unrelenting at times. But we also know that we have a choice to make in that, whether we wake up and we have that smile on our face, we have a better perspective, or we don't. So today, Samantha and I are going to walk through some of the things that we've done in our life to shift our mindset, our perspective, and how those things have really impacted us. And we hope that after today's podcast, you too will wake up feeling like a different person. So to me, Samantha, I want to kick it off with you. Um, let us know about a journey that you've had with shifting your mindset. Okay, awesome. So um, I was in sales for a while, and during that, they um, are all about getting, you know, reading the self-help books and all the podcasts on self-help. Um, and so when I started, I really thought um, that was kind of bogus or whatever and silly. Uh, but then once I went down this rabbit hole of just reading um, different books, watching different podcasts or or listening to podcasts, but watching different videos on it, I was just amazed at the scientific evidence that is behind how powerful our thoughts are and how much we are in control of you know what we choose to think, but then also how that affects our body um, emotionally, physically, um, and your brain literally creates neural pathways based on your thoughts. So um, when they do a, a brain scan, you they can tell if your thoughts are negative or positive thoughts and how healthy your thought patterns are. Um, healthy thought patterns look like um, a willow tree and they're very um, like blooming. And then negative thoughts are shorter and then they usually have like, um, I don't know the scientific terms for them, but like a rotted like, like thorn at the end. You can see where that pathway ended. I don't know if that makes sense, but you have like a tree that is blossoming or this like dead shriveled up looking tree. So wow. I thought that was like so interesting. It is. Yeah. Um, and so after like, you know, learning all this and consuming it, I was just like, how powerful would this be to apply it? Not just to a business perspective, but just in life in general. Um, I think that we can all relate that we have those times where, you know, the kids are fighting and just they're not listening. Um, and then that in turn makes us lose our temper or we're yelling. And then what do we do? We lay in bed at night and we're like having all this mom guilt because how we spoke or how we handled it. Um, and it's easier said than done to say that. 
and no appreciation yeah for nothing exactly (laughs) um and it's easier said than done to uh to say that like well kids shouldn't control your emotions but in reality like it happens um but I was you know laying in bed one night after feeling guilty and I'm like I don't want to be remembered as the mom that was always frustrated always stressed always running around trying to get them to hurry and yelling and like I want my kids to look back and have you know joyful moments and say that you know they're excited to see me they mornings were good Mm -hmm. so speaking of mornings I know um, we just actually spoke about this recently Uh, we'll just add this in Uh, we talk about your changing perspective even in the morning like a morning routine at some point in your life yeah definitely um I had a period of time where I would wake up just so crabby I am not a morning person um and my husband's not either but he was just more after he got up he was like just more chipper and he'd always be wanting to have all this conversation and I was like do not talk to me I haven't even had coffee (laughs) for three hours (laughs) right and and then he's like kind of said something along the lines of like you know, we don't get to spend a whole lot of time together. My mornings start my day off. Like, I don't want to go to work, and I just wish you were happier in the morning. And I'm like, oh, man, like, heart, <laughs> heart stab. <laughs> and so I was like, you, you know what? You're totally right. Like, I can choose to, you know, have a better attitude. So, I mean, it took a few weeks to get it going, um, but I actually kind of forgot that I used to be crabby. Because now the old the morning, you. <laughs> I know, it's like the, the old me and not the new me. The new me is I'm like singing in the morning and I'm like, we're dancing around and like he is so right because that is such a fulfilling part of our marriage. It's just like just doing the daily tasks, but we're yeah. having fun, we're flirting, whatever. Um, so that was like a huge shift for me. And that's a choice you made, Yes, right? definitely. And it definitely took um, effort on that it didn't just like oh the next day like oh I'm just this happy chipper person right but now it's just crazy after so long of practicing that now it does come naturally and I am I do enjoy that time together in the morning yeah it's almost like accepting right yeah we have a mountain of chores to do and to do's every day so it's like once you accept that I'm gonna have to do it anyways why not choose to do it with a smile or be joyful or do things like turning on music that fills your soul while you do it uh, in order to get that um, happiness or exactly. that different perspective. And made you know my husband happier, but then I'm like, well, I'm just happier. Right. So like, I feel better. <laughs> so Samantha, what else have you done uh, for like the day-to-day to shift your perspective? Do you, do you have any examples to share? Um, yeah, it's funny that we were doing this podcast today because yesterday I just felt like all of my patients were tested, the kids were fighting, it was just really hard and I don't know if I handled it 100% how I wanted to, but um, I just try to regroup myself. Um, I will pause in the moment if I feel myself getting really frustrated and I will take just a few seconds and think, okay, the mom that you want to be perceived as perceived as or the wife that you want to be perceived as is are you acting like her and so I'll just like calm myself down and just be mindful of like okay how would she respond you know think of that um 
perfect like person that you would be as a wife or a mom or your goal to reach that. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can even do this with your weight loss journey. If you think of your healthiest fit self, what would she eat for breakfast? Wow. Probably I not like a donut. That. Yeah, right. (laughs) Probably going to go for the kale smoothie. Yeah. In that moment, if you can remind yourself to think of that, it can help, at least for me, it's helped me a lot to change my choices um, and to shift my perspective. I love that. And it makes me also think about, um, this was probably 12 years ago, I had another friend that she shared what helped her is imagining she has a mirror right in front of her. And you know the mama faces when they come out. I mean, those are beast looking. They're not pretty. It's like your worst look. So she always imagined having a mirror in front of her and kind of just holding her poker face. And I still do that to this day. It's amazing what like little things and you're like, oh, that's silly. That doesn't really like what, you know, if, I'm glad that works for you, but whatever. But it it has, I've, I've done that for years and years now. So that's one thing I do too. So I like that though. Like what would she do? What would the the girl who I want to be, the mom that I want to be, what would she do? I love that. That's beautiful. Do you have any other ones? I definitely try to start my day off with um, gratitude. And I know that Nikki is not about journaling. Nope. Or self-help books, but they, that's okay, right? (laughs) I don't even know if, uh, I wonder if like the books I'm talking about are classified. I guess self-help has negative terms, but I like the ones based on scientific facts. Yeah. Um, just to throw out a good book if you do want one, like Atomic Habits, phenomenal. It gives you all the research on how to actually get a habit to stick. Um, but I am big into journaling um, because most self-help books told me to. And now- Everyone who does it actually says it's like life-changing. I just, I'm kind of one of those stubborn people. I don't know. I just feel like it takes a lot of time, but I, I honestly wish I was starting to journal. So hopefully maybe this yeah, year I'll do that. And just do like a few sentences or yeah. whatever. Or like this tip that I'm going to share is um, it does not have to be elaborate. Literally get on a piece of paper and every morning, if you want to do this in your head, that's fine. But your brain connects better when you're actually writing it. Um, just write three things that you're grateful for that day. And even if it's just like this cup of coffee, right? <laughs> you know, or that I did not kill my kids today. But like you know, little things. I think that's really good for a marriage too. Um, so those that, you know, those mamas out there that are married, I think it's easy also. I mean, you guys are both in like game mode um, for the next several years and it's not, the day-to-day is really tough. And who do we take our like annoyance out on? It's our husbands or our moms, I think typically. Um, and we can almost get resentful towards our husbands. And then if you actually sit back or whenever my husband like, goes on a trip or he's away from the house, there is a billion things that I just desperately need him for that I, in that moment, I can't see. So I love that. Or even you could, maybe you're struggling in your marriage right now. Maybe it's three things every day for a month that you're going to look for the things that he does for you. And honestly, I bet they're all around. It's just when you get, sometimes we get so stuck that mindset, that perspective, we get so stuck that it's this way, it's never going to change, and it's all negative versus I'm sure there's so many positive things out there if you only were looking for them. And then if your attitude changes because your perspective changes, is he going to find himself having a more happy wife to be around? Yeah, you know? definitely. And it will just like cycle, you know, it creates um, that. And so if, if your husbands or your kids see that you're more joyful or whatever, that's contagious. It but is. a lot of times, like, our kids pick up on our emotions. And sometimes um, my husband will stop me. We have this rule that, like, if we're in the moment because, like, our emotions are taking over, we, like, tap the other one out or, like, tap, like, hey, 
and it's like a sign like we don't say anything because we want to seem as one front together with the kids but it's just like hey your emotions like if I just touch his shoulder mm -hmm. your emotions are getting to you or vice versa and so he'll um, remind me like hey you know tap me and it'll be like your tone and then my kids will feed off of that tone yeah um, so we have to be mindful of that because sometimes like a frustration like creates the whole atmosphere mm -hmm. of our household and right. then it's just like then everybody's crabby and right. then we're all you know. And then who, like even thinking about, you know, we are the example for our kids. We are the ones that they're exposed to more than anyone else in this life. And if we wake up crabby, you know, mm -hmm. like maybe they are going to learn that. I mean, there's, we are being watched morning till night. When we are with our kids, we are being watched. So what kind of example, what would she do? What would that other mom be and really strive, you know, to get to that. So I really like that. I'm probably going to use that forever. It'll be like 30 years from now. Samantha one time told me. Thing, uh, podcast I listened to is a group of people that um, all of their parents had spoke into them as teenagers. Like, all these teenagers make really bad choices, but I'm so glad you're such a mature, responsible teenager. And then looking back, they're like, I wasn't, but it's like reverse psychology. So when yeah. we're telling our kids, um, I try to do that is like speaking into them. Like, I'm so glad I can trust you with this and just building that. And it does help them to build that. But if we're constantly saying, and I'm really bad at this, so I'm trying to work on this, but like, oh my gosh, you guys bad about everything. Mm -hmm. You know, that is creating subconsciously through science. Their brain is subconsciously rewiring right. to always fight about everything. Yeah. Um, or if we're saying you never listen, right. we're just constantly telling them and they're like, well, I don't listen anyways. Right. Um, so just choosing like small shifts in your words mm -hmm. um, can make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the speak it into existence thing. But honestly, I think there's so much truth to that. Whenever my boys were young, I've always, like, told them they were best friends. Like, you guys are best friends through thick and thin and all these things. And even if they do fight, they have to hug each other for, like, two minutes and stare each other in the eye. So, again, it's, like, reiterating what they're good at. And, and we, I catch myself all the time being like, you never do this. And I'm like, ah, why did I say that? I do believe in that. I actually heard that on a Christian radio station probably, again, like, eight years ago, something along the lines of, a mom had a wayward child and her and her husband made it a point to when he was in the other room or just an earshot distance that they would always be talking positives like oh but he wouldn't do that with his friends we can trust him or when they had guests over or family members over they would speak things that they wanted him to be mm -hmm. and honestly they said in the end it really affected him so I do that too yeah so. it does and this isn't just positive like hocus pocus like we're we're pretending like the problem isn't there um it is more about like addressing the problem um but instead of saying things like i'm overwhelmed and i'm never gonna get caught up um if you just tell your brain that i'm overwhelmed but i'm working on the systems and i'm getting better every day it's like drastic the impact that it has on um our minds and what what your brain just naturally does and what it's creating because we're constantly learning just because we're adults we shouldn't stop learning right? right so like we should constantly be learning um and if we're telling our brains that then we're just going to have more success in that area so you had mentioned a few days ago the plant thing i think um you know i, I think they've done experiments on that mm -hmm. do you want to shed light on that i love this story it's my favorite um so high school took two plants the exact same plants um, and it was in a controlled environment and they put plexiglass around the plants that was soundproof um, and a speaker system in and the, these plants had 
um, all of the same water, same lighting, like literally everything was the same except for they told the students on um, plant A, you can only speak negative things into it. You're so ugly, you're worthless, you know, nobody likes you. Plant B, you're only allowed to speak into the speaker positive things. You're beautiful, you're growing up. Or, <laughs> I guess but you are, yeah. Um, you know, you're growing into a beautiful tree. All this stuff, and they did it for um, several months. I can't remember exactly how long it was. Um, but by the end of it, the plant that was spoken positive over was huge and blooming and just a beautiful plant. And the other plant was like withered down, and it didn't grow. I mean, the the one with positivity grew over twice the size of the other one. And there have been multiple experience, experiments with this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. I mean, I kind of feel bad for the other plant who's being You never had a, yeah. <laughs> Just such a cool experiment. Well, this is, that made me think, um, I was speaking to somebody recently. She is a grandma, so a little bit later on in the mama life. But she was told something even from her mother as a young girl and it has never left her. So maybe you're a listener out there right now, maybe it's your husband or somebody or even somebody at the school has spoken negatively to you. I know it's really hard to undo that stuff, and I know how hard those stick to you. But again, I think that's part of the mind shift perspective because that can impact, okay, I'm I'm worth this, I'm not good enough, I you know fail at everything, or I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm this, whatever was spoken into you. That can also you can bring it into you in, in motherhood and that's just not fair for you. And we're here to say like, that is a choice you're going to have to make. You're going to have to actually work on it. You're going to have to change that perspective, unwire, rewind, do whatever you need to do. And maybe it's the journals, maybe it's the affirmation, reading your Bible every day, like, God, who do you say that I am? But I think that also is such a big um, component in, you know, these women that are struggling and they're not able to do things that they should be or think of themselves as they should. And that's such a sad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we all struggle. We're, the grass always looks greener. That's another perspective. You're going to look at somebody else. They have it all figured out. And let me tell you, if they're great at something, they're not good at another thing. Like we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Nobody wants to show the vulnerability. Some people, we all have a friend that's like pretty good about that. And everyone loves that friend. But most of the time, people don't show their vulnerabilities, especially women because women can be catty right I don't know if I'm going on a tangent there but I think think that's really good I mean just like your your your, you and Eric's situation with Sadie um yeah we can talk about that how much time do we have (laughs) just kidding no I know we're actually going to do a whole series um this is more going to be on YouTube than podcast but we're going to share more in details about her story at some point but um so we have three children. And when we finally got our girl, um, this was back in 2019, seven short weeks after that, she was diagnosed with cancer. And let me tell you, talk about like, of course you go through the numbness phase and all, all of that. But then at some point it hits you like, okay, you still have to freaking live somehow. Like you're not only a mom of an infant again, you're starting that all over and you know, you lose your identity, all those things, but you are just slammed so hard with this diagnosis. That is the scariest thing you have ever walked through that you would never have thought that would have happened to you. And I remember so vividly when, you know, I'm that person that doesn't have a memory, but I do remember so vividly being in the hospital, sitting in a chair, um, the first, I would say two days after she was diagnosed, looking at Eric across the room and basically saying like, 
Eric, we're going to have to find joy in this. I know like we're actually never going to be happy during this trial and we're going to pray like the Dickens, like we've never prayed before and we're going to have to walk through things. Um, I remember fast forward two years into it or a year and a half in when everything came back or cancer really uh, just came back firing really hard and they thought that she was for sure probably going to lose one eye if not two. And I remember like thinking like if only I could turn around and just run away, I would run so fast. Like I just, and how sad as a mom to be like, this is so scary that I, I can't even do it. And I also remember envisioning, and I remember exactly where I was, I envisioned myself falling backwards, spiraling slowly down a deep, dark tunnel. So in that moment, back backwards to the one or two days into the hospital experience after being diagnosed, I remember talking to Eric and me and just saying, we're going to have to figure out a way to still have laughter and to still find joy and to still, like, it's kind of like for me, it's like the unforgiveness thing. So if you have unforgiveness for, say, a person for doing a really, really bad thing, that really is kind of unforgivable. But if you hold on to that, you almost don't accept it and don't move on, which maybe you're not trying not to, but you know it's there, but you're, like, bitter, resentful, and, you know, it's changed your attitude and mindset, and I'm never going to have another guy because of this, or who knows, or I don't trust people, X, Y, Z. You can go on and on. But if you don't get to a point where you can have forgiveness and almost like let it go, you're never going to forget. But you almost it's almost going to like rope you up and take you captive. So I think that about this situation, we did not have a choice. She was diagnosed with cancer. We we're like, okay, God. And we weren't happy about it. We were never going to be like, nobody saw silly Nikki during that four years. I mean, you can vouch yeah. for that. I lost myself in it all. But we still decided that, it is what it is, and we're going to figure out a way to still smile. And when Sadie has the chemo dripping down in her body, I'm not going to be tense and like, oh, my gosh, like I cannot believe this is happening. I have to be relaxed for her because she can feel that. So we did. We made a choice to find joy. And I will say what brought us the most joy, and it, it's still amazing to me, and this is, again, at the heart of what Samantha and I are doing, is when we had people come around us. So firstly, God being in the word like I'd never been before. I'd never even like memorized a scripture before this. But then I was like, I need to know everything about God, his character, what he says about healing and this faith thing. So I learned so much through that, which was so beautiful. And I did feel the most content I'd ever felt in my life. And I guess who I am. So that was the most beautiful thing. But also God working through people. So the love and support that Sadie got and we got was just something that I cannot... Um, I cannot say, like, I cannot express. So, um, for example, we had two of our good friends that live in Ohio. We live in Missouri. When Sadie was diagnosed the very next day, they drove seven hours, stayed. Yep, they drove seven hours, stayed for two hours in the hospital, sat with us, prayed with us, hugged us, we cried, and then they turned around and went home. And I was just like, who does that? Mm -hmm. Like, amazing. And so... Throughout her experience, I would have people show up for me. And I even had somebody named Holly that I had never really known before that would send me gifts and be praying and or Sharon and Tim. It was always at almost like that deepest, darkest time when the spiritual battle, I don't know what, they would always text me. I guess so all this to say like the perspective, like um, I think when you're a, say you're a mom and you're going through a hard thing or whether you're just going through the day-to-day -day life that is hard enough as it is as a mom, 
it is hard to change your perspective if you feel isolated and alone versus having like a friend or friendships to come around you and almost like help you when you're down. Because a lot of times I feel like God works through people to speak things in, you know, speak positives into you. Or do you have any examples of that, Samantha? Um, well, I don't know if this exactly goes with that, but it just made me thought of like that whole situation. Um, I heard this once. Um, it was a dad that they experienced a terrible hurricane and his kids were just so distraught and they're so scared and terrified. And he was teaching them to when stuff like that happens or when tragedy strikes, always look for the helpers because that's where you find the light and that's where you find hope and so he said it was like amazing how much the kids like it eased them and so when they were dealing with all that he would point out like look at all these people that showed up to help that are cleaning up and this isn't their homes and so he's always pointing out the helpers yeah and I think that goes along with it like in the midst of the worst situations we can find light somehow, some way in the darkest right. things, whether it's a kind nurse or a kind friend right. or, you know, any little thing, if you can just cling to those, the right. goodness in, Look for in the worst situation, um, it really helps to shift our perspective. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Um, and it, again, it just, it falls into place what we're trying to do and establish this women's community and to make mothers feel like you are not alone, um, but also like you do have a choice. Um why don't we just go down to something very minuscule? Let's just go to laundry, right? Yeah. So how hard really is laundry? Okay, we can say that like, oh, it's really not that hard. But we know you guys are so busy, we're busy. Um, you know, the kids come home, they change two or three times. You don't even know what's clean, what's dirty, you're throwing extra laundry in. You're going to baseball, you don't have time to juggle all this stuff. So we can say how hard is laundry really, but okay, it, it, it is, it's hard to keep up with, we will say that. But how hard is laundry <laughs> Really, like think about how the blessing, and this is what you shared with me, Samantha, before we when we were doing our notes. It's like, well, thank God that you have these piles of laundry. Yeah, thank God you have. I always think, like, in, in during Sadie's situation, I would find myself being like, oh my gosh, the laundry's already backed up, and I'm like, you know what? I don't have a kid with cancer. Yeah, thank the Lord. Like, or to the we both have um, friends that have lost a child. Like holy cow, how do you even come out of that? And if you've right. gone through that, I'm so sorry. And Yes, you know, we're, we're, we're we can't even imagine. Like, I can't imagine that. But um, for those that haven't, like, you know, I always think about that. Like, I'm complaining, but some mom out there that's lost her baby would be gladly, like, right. just would love to do the laundry. Or she wouldn't care about it either. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, let the pile rise. Yeah. You know, my baby's here. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I... um. I think of that too, and that's what helped Eric and I, like, if we talk about perspectives, that did help me get through more than Eric, because Eric would still be like, I would be like, well, at least it's this cancer, which is this much more curable, and X, Y, Z. Um, he hated that. He was like, it's not okay. He was more, like, on the angry side of it, and, you know, he's the protector. He couldn't fix this, and now, now we know, you know, years later that we both had to cope differently, but I always went back to that, because I would follow other moms, and I would try to be supportive, and and I would see things that, oh my gosh, I just, I still can't even literally imagine. And I even think too, like, and this is an honest, real thought. I thought, I've think thought, I've think and thought and thought and thought and <laughs> think that, <laughs> that I don't know what's worse, which of course my daughter's still here. So if she's not, I do know what's worse. But I almost thought at least we have our family unit together. What about the marriages? What about the 
you know, the husband that left and I know of somebody that has four kids. Like you like breaking up with your family, like that's supposed to be your life. That's supposed to be your heart and soul. That's supposed to be the most coveted and protected thing other than your relationship with God. So I only I it even got me thinking that way too. You know? Um, so I don't know if that helps anyone out there. Um, but yeah, I just even with the laundry, another perspective just that not so deep is just like thank you God that we, we have clothes. Right. Because there's a lot of people out there. Um, we go to Guatemala for missions, and um, I love statistics and just looking that stuff up. Um, but America, if you make $55,000 a year, which almost seems like now, like, how can you even live off of that? Right. You're in the top 1% of wealth in the world. Insane. Like crazy because that's not even that much money. Talk about perspective then. Yeah. Are we just living in a bubble here? We have everything so easy and I don't want to downplay anything too. Cause yes, because there's real family trauma and yeah. abuse. And so we're not downplaying that. But it is crazy to have um, when you go to a third world country just to see the perspective shift. Because when you go over there, they're washing their clothes in the river. They would absolutely love to have a washer and dryer. Right. Their houses are so tiny if they even have a house. No AC. Like, and their clothes are just, you know, they're sweating because it's very hot there. Right. And so no one smells good. Clothes don't match. And they probably only have like a few shirts if that each person so their basic needs actually aren't even being met right and yeah. then our the same organization we do goes to haiti and actually there they go and feed kids and most of the kids show up um naked they don't even have clothes on so it's like a, a weird world to go and serve in haiti because even some of the adults are like naked and you have to just pretend like you know yeah it's like, <laughs> like oh we're been there done that scene that it's yeah totally know. normal <laughs> Yeah, um, but I think yeah, that's just, a good point, though. Yeah, to just see, like, we are, as a country, so blessed um, with the amount of things that we have. And a lot of times, like, it's hard to keep up on laundry because we do have so many clothes. Right. And, you know, if we had such a small pile that right. all fit into one load, it wouldn't be that hard to keep up with. Right. So yeah. it is a blessing. Yeah, I love that. Um, did I touch on the do the next thing? I don't think no, I did. Didn't. Okay, I love this. Yeah. So this is... I guess maybe I do like the self-help more than I think. Oh my gosh, this is scary. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait. Um, Something that also spoke to me, kind of like the poker face in the mirror in like Samantha's like, be that mom, you know, you're the goal mom you want to be. This is um, something that really helped me since I read a book last year. Um, There's a mom when she would get overwhelmed with things. She just always said, do the next thing. Okay. So you have laundry, you have dinner, you know, the cat pooped or whatever on the carpet. I mean, a million things happening. You're getting a phone call and and whatnot. Do the next thing. So easily we can have that perspective of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, the waters are flooding over. Or we can say, okay, all right, do the next thing. Let's prioritize. You did this really well. I think you were going out of town recently Mm -hmm. and you were overwhelmed that day. Yeah, And The house is messier than I've ever been. I have laundry. And a lot of times, I don't know if you're like this, but I feel like a lot of moms are when we have this to-do list that is so heavy and crazy and we're like, we're not going to do it all. I love to do the next thing because um, sometimes it can paralyze us and we're just like froze and you're not really doing anything and you start shifting, running around to the dishwasher and then you're like, oh crap, I didn't pay this bill. And then you ran to this and then by the end of it, you didn't really accomplish. Right. Not one task got done. So mm-hmm. I love that because just focusing on yeah. the first, like the next task. Right. So good. Yeah. 
Um, it's, you know, kind of like just taking every thought captive. I think you had yeah. a good, um, I think that's important whether you're going through a trial or whatever, that's totally in line with the perspective of, you know, take your thoughts captive. Are they, you know, to uplift you? Are they good thoughts or are they negative? And then also shift your perspective when you're almost on your period, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, okay, you're old enough to know likely if you're a mom at this point or a wannabe mom, you know that week before your period or me for for sure, it's the first, the whole week before my period, I'm going to have way more negative thoughts. So it's almost like, okay, I'm, I got to go more into battlefield that week. I have to take a little bit more chill pills and maybe get some rest. And we even talked about doing the gym <laughs> a little differently on those yeah. days, but no, almost like knowing I'm going into that week and preparing myself preparing my perspective. Okay. Like Nikki, have grace on yourself and like, let things go because in another week you're going to be like power girl and you can get it all done. So I think that's a good thing too, just in, in perspectives of, you know, just getting through that monthly cycle. Definitely. I love all that. And I will just close. I wanted to um, bring up Proverbs 23, seven, which it says, so man thinketh, so he is. And I just feel like that just even is so powerful because how cool is it that the Bible said that way before any science or evidence or anything that we have recently, it's like God knew. And so if he said it, it must be true. And so we can sit and think, oh, that's silly, or I don't believe in all of that. But if God's word says it, we know it's true. And um, we know that has impact or you wouldn't have put that in there. Yeah. As a man thinketh, so he is. I love that. It's so good. All right, mamas, we hope you enjoyed this podcast thing. We're still new to this. It has been so much fun. It is so fun. Yeah. And so we're excited for you to grow on this journey with us. Yes. And give us a little grace. Yeah. And up ahead, we have a mama panel coming up. We have a nutrition specialist coming up. And we also have a few moms and um, also another woman that wants to be a mom coming up on the podcast. So again, this podcast is for every woman or girl. Um, we just have it targeted to mamas. But really it's it's women uh oriented targeted so stay tuned we're really excited to show you what we've been working on and also we're so excited about the stories that are going to be shared here soon but wait hold on what's for dinner oh gosh (laughs) are there snacks (laughs) yeah we have a mama mission tonight so we're going to be doing that so i'm like we're probably getting fast food okay you're going to get fast food are you going to bring it home for the kids or will like jonathan go get or are you going to do it before you go? Yeah. Oh, totally. see, you're a good mom. Or, I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a bad mom. But. Well, my husband's a good cook, so maybe I'm not a bad mom. I'm just like, oh, he'll figure it out. Yeah. They have practice tonight. Okay. And we're doing the we're doing a mama's service night. So other than pretzel or like chips and stuff, I don't know what I'm eating. I have <laughs> some granola bars. Okay. Can you help me out? Can you yeah. get me some dinner? Okay. I'll get you some fast food. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you ladies later. Bye, mamas. Thanks for listening to another Align Mama podcast. We hope you found value in today's topic. For more mama resources, go to alignedmamas.com, follow us on social, and join our Aligned Mamas community Facebook group to connect with other moms just like you. We'd like to hear from you. Have a podcast topic? Want to get in touch with us? Want to share your story as a guest? Email us at alignedmamas at gmail.com. See you next time. I can see through my feelings now I can see clear through my mind And the secrets to shut my eyes To shut my eyes